you're listening to The Tech Box. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 54 of The Tech Box. Uh, I'm Richard Yates and today I've got with me... James Honeyball. Morning Richard, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And you James? Uh, pretty good, yeah. 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 Uh, as I always think, I'm alive, which is in these times is it's a is good. good. Start. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a reasonably nice day here. Actually, might, might get the umbrella and chairs out a bit later. But um, I thought it was yes. I thought it was supposed to be cloudy at this point, but it actually looks like it might turn out to be uh, rather nice. Yeah, it seems to have brightened up. Well, uh, happily, since I have an iPhone, I can look on dark sky because uh, if you if you have an Android, it's sadly no longer going to work on Android before very long. Yeah. Um, now I always use like the built-in weather apps does uh, is dark sky significantly better uh, i i really love dark sky yeah it, it um well it's it's not terribly expensive but it, the the sort of hyper local rain forecast is usually amazingly good actually uh, so it'll sort of say the nearest rain is so far away and actually at the moment there doesn't seem to be any rain over the whole south of the uk which uh which is a good start and the full forecast is 15 today that's not so bad should i buy dark sky or should i wait for apple to make it free well, that, of course, is the question, isn't it? What what are Apple's plans for it? Are they going to integrate it into their own weather app, in which case you definitely shouldn't buy it? Um, but they may well make it free, I guess. Yeah, actually, it's set, set fair for today. 1% chance of rain, high of 15. That's not too bad. No, I'll take that. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I think that it seems like a one. It seems like a bit of a classic Apple spoiling tactic, doesn't it? We'll take this looks quite nice and uh, useful for Android people. We'll take it away from them. I, I, yeah, I mean, I've got to say, I, I never really very much liked it on on Android because I think on Android they had a, um, a subscription model, and the trouble with subscriptions is that you know two two quid here, three quid there. Before you know where you are, you're paying twenty, thirty quid a month. Uh, and so, generally speaking, I won't do them. There are, are a couple that I do, but. Um, I'd much rather say, well, this is a great app. I've paid 20 quid to have it than to be paying a drippy amount forever and a day. Yeah. So I, I never got the Android version because there's actually a, um, one that it's very odd. I, they, they all get their, um, data from, uh, a, a website called forecast.io. I think it is from recollection. Um, and there's a, there's an Android app called Arcus, A-R-C-U-S, which, uses the same information it's not as comprehensive as uh, dark sky for example it has no radar maps for the, the uk only for america um but dark sky really is uh well it is it is uh the dog's dangly bits it really is a, a cracking little app okay i think you might have persuaded me to buy it actually yeah it's worth a go i think i think especially as uh if it is good Mind you, it's one of those apps that requires ongoing support, so it's perhaps not a case of if it's good, buy it so that you can always download it again, like with Flappy Bird or something like that. It's a question of, oh, buy it, and then you never, you're never you at the whim of someone to make, to keep up the uh, the data. It, it shouldn't. It, I mean, it just needs the data link to continue, doesn't it, I suppose? But, uh, yeah, that's, that's a difficult question, I suppose. I, I don't know how much it costs these days. Obviously Four quid? Check. Yeah, so, uh, the, the risks aren't too high, are they? I so the risk isn't too bad, and to be absolutely honest, at four quid, I think it's a steal. So yeah, go out and get it. Okay, I'll pop down the shops and get it later. No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah so those are the days being able to pop down the shops, eh? Yeah, being able to buy software in a shop. Those are the days. Well, yeah, 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 it's true. Okay, so we're done. Uh, four minutes on weather. 
That's yeah. good. Um, well, we are British after all. That's that, that's that's the maximum quotient, though, isn't it? You know, I mean, the question is percentage. So the question is, why, when I've been no further the end of the drive or the, or the end of my garden for over a month now, am I that worried about the weather? You just look out the window. Oh yeah, I can go down and empty the compost. <laughs> oh well, I have to say, I mean, I am lucky in that I get to do my daily exercise and taking a run down to the lake and running around the lake. Uh, is a real blessing because it's one of the few times that I am conscious that a bit of sanity returns to my brain and sort of it, I start to feel normal again. And doing that in nice weather is such a wonderful experience. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Well, compared to just sort of being locked up in a house all day, it's such a wonderful experience. Oh yeah, marvelous. I mean, I, I, I what what I can say is, uh, you know, I live in I live in the uh, part of the country where property is cheaper than than the part you live in, and so I'm lucky enough to have quite a big garden. There are a few trees, and uh, and I can actually sit quietly in the garden, and I can hear the the nearby road, but it's not noisy. Uh, uh, effectively, I can I can sit there and listen to the birds singing and whatever. So actually, I think I'm I'm terrifically lucky. Yeah. So um, you can you can run around your own lake. That's great. Well, I could probably limp around my own garden. I don't know about a run, but um, but I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think I'm very lucky. If you've got to be locked down to have a nice, nice green area of your own, is a real, real bonus. Uh, yeah, I, I might say on a personal note, I, I've actually had uh, several listeners to uh, our podcast and, and Tech Talk UK who've been kind enough to get in touch and say if you need any shopping doing or, or whatever, just let us know. I, I, I can't tell you from from the bottom of my heart how how much I appreciate such generosity from people who have to put up with my ramblings on podcasts. So thank you very much, guys, and. Um, you know, if I do need to, I'll get in touch. I, I hope I won't need to put, put anybody to that, but um, I really appreciate the thought. Yeah, well, I'm always here for any uh, shopping that I can do, although you might find that the <sighs> you know the milk's curdled by the time uh, I get there, but I'm happy to uh, to do yeah, it. It's, it's a bit of a, bit of a trek from Reading, but, but thank you very much as well. Anyway, the weather. So we've dealt with the weather, haven't we? Yeah. Now, both of us took advantage of a little deal... Uh, I think it was the week before last where um, Xiaomi... One day flash sale, wasn't it? Yeah, Xiaomi uh, promised that they were going to release their Mi Mix 3 5G, which, to be honest, I have had a little bit of an eye on. I've always fancied these Mi Mix devices. They're sort of 100% screen devices from Xiaomi. And I, I was conscious, I think it was the Mi Mix 1 or two where they put they put the slight bezel at the bottom and they put the front facing camera in the bottom and i think that in one foul swoop solved the whole issue of how do we make a full faced phone because you know having a tiny bezel at the bottom well a that's just quite typical of how uh, they put the screens in these things. They kind of put the screen connector at the bottom, don't they? So there's always yeah. a little bit more bezel at the bottom. It's tiny, isn't it? Yeah. And just to have a, you know, a little pinhole camera down there for your front facing stuff. And if need be, and you don't want a full on nose cam, you just sort of twist it 180 degrees and it points at you, uh, you know, from what then becomes the top. I think that's a, that seemed to be the most obvious solution for how we get this, um, front-facing camera on a full-faced uh, screen phone. Yeah, anyway, yeah. To, to the present day, uh, Xiaomi's current one is the Mi Mix 3, and they do a 5G edition. And um, they were selling this one for 239 they were promising to sell it for. Mm. So I think uh, a bunch of us, uh, certainly me and you included, stayed up till midnight, and I think it 
seemed to click over from coming soon, coming in five minutes, coming. And then was it sold out immediately or within like one second? It was sold out almost immediately, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then bizarrely, it came back into stock. Didn't well, this it? is it, isn't it? Very Me weird. and you just sort of tutted and said, oh, well, it's that old trick again. Um you know, you should have known this was coming. Ho hum. Let's go. But let's go to bed and you know forget about it. And then uh, someone said, uh, "Oh no, you know it's it's ten minutes past midnight, but actually you can get one." And so uh, I think me and you both scuttled back to the website and said, "Oh, okay, yeah, you can." So uh, both of us duly ordered uh, this Mimix three five G. Turned out. A Turned up a couple of days later, very yeah. promptly. Uh, I think they both came from Germany, was it? They well, well no, no, that, that was the really odd thing, wasn't it? They, they both came from Paris, uh, but they got here in different ways because uh, mine went to Brussels and from Brussels to East Midlands Airport and then onto a van, and yours went to Dresden in Eastern Germany uh, and then to Luton. So yeah. uh, i, I got to say, I find these international distribution networks, when you order something like that, they're just fascinating. Yes. Track. I mean, I mean, yeah. but I thought that was quite incredible. Uh, you know, we, we had two devices. In fact, yours arrived first, even though it was dispatched second, didn't it? Yeah, um, I think uh, it was a race, wasn't it? Who's, yeah. Who's was going to get there the quickest? I think um, I think mine won in the end, didn't yours, it? Yours won by about a couple of hours. I think that was probably the, the time it took to get mine from Coventry to here. But, um, but anyway, it's it, just incredible to sit there and watch these things scooting around from because you, you wouldn't think the most obvious way of getting something to reading from paris was via dresden would you no uh, but it but it worked all right i mean it was there in what about eight or eight or nine hours something like that yeah it was no, very very so. quick so quite quite how that will be after uh december the 31st who knows but um you know for the time being at least that worked really well so yeah uh, take advantage of it while we can i think Yep, I think so. But um, no, so that that was that was a, a fun thing that that came out of it. Just to, I, I suppose when you when you're locked down, you play with play with different things, don't you? But that that app flight radar. I, I mean, I, I've badgered you for your flight details before. Now it's just it's really weird being able to watch a plane that somebody you know is on. It's, yeah, it's, quite, yeah. it's quite it's quite comforting as well. Uh, although sometimes it's quite alarming. When my mother-in-law went to Singapore, the plane got over Iran and disappeared for about an hour and a half. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that being slightly concerning. <laughs> it's just sort of, oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, um, not, I was going to say, you sort of see the plane sort of beeping on the radar and then it stops beeping and then you kind of look at each other and you think, ah, that's not good. Yeah, but it, 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 it came it re- back. That's yeah, good. it re- reappeared over Western India after about an hour and a half, which, uh, which was a bit of a relief, has to be said. <laughs> I mean, I, I can make most of the usual mother-in-law jokes, but I wouldn't really want to, to, uh, to have something befaller like that. No, say, no, definitely no. not. Uh, yes, I don't know how we got to that. <laughs> we both took delivery uh, of our Mimix 3 5Gs, and I think the first thing to say is how fantastically packaged it is. I mean, it's, yeah. it, you can tell that it was at least at some point for some period of time a flagship device because it's got flagship packaging, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. £700 that was something for originally from regulation. Yeah, I can't so imagine really. that they shifted a lot at £700. <coughs> no, but, but I, I bet they got a lot, moved a lot on at 500 though. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, it's quite yeah. believable. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, a lovely device size-wise. It, it, it looks the business, doesn't it? Mm. So, if the, I mean, basically the specs are uh, Snapdragon 855, which is yep. um, pretty good. I mean, yes, it's the, the, the new 865 is out now, but you know, 855 generally understood to be uh, a top, top P5 
piece of silicon. Yeah, uh, obviously absolutely. with a 5G uh, radio in there as well. Uh, I think it's 6 gig of RAM and 128 gig of internal storage. So absolutely fine from the spec point of view, isn't it? Yeah, I, and it, it flies along. I'm just trying, trying to find it on uh, GSM Arena so we can actually sound like we know what we're talking about. I thought, you, I thought you were going to say, I'm just trying to find it in this mountain of smartphones that I have next to me, and uh, I'm just plucking out wrong ones, uh, left, right, and centre. But That mountain is considerably smaller than it was two weeks ago. Six gigabytes of RAM, Snapdragon 855, 12 megapixel camera, 6.39 inch screen, Oh, and 128 gigs of storage, yeah. yeah so so the, yeah. the only thing that, I mean, for me, it's all of the plus points of Xiaomi in terms of, um, you know, it's got, a, it's, you know, the skin and the apps, you know, are perhaps not perfect, but you can get a long way with just putting Nova Launcher on there and uh, ignoring some of the superfluous apps or uninstalling them. Um So it gives you a good software experience. That screen is absolutely lovely. Yes, yeah, it's really nice. It is um, really good, isn't it? We were talking about how it deals with the front-facing camera. Well, yeah. the front-facing camera is slides out, so the, the, the whole phone is basically sliced into two sort of uh, Nokia N95 style, except rather than rather than sl- sliding the screen up for the number pad, you're sort of sliding it down, which you could also do on the N95, if you remember, because there yeah, was some you do it, do it both media ways, controls you under yeah. when you slid the screen down. So you sl- slide the screen down on the uh, Mi Mix uh, 5. What am I on? Mi Mix 3 5G. It's difficult. It's a bit of a yeah. contrast to that, isn't it? You slide the screen down, and the front-facing cameras are just in front of you there. It sort of slides down half a centimetre or so. It's a, it's it's a nice solution, but I still think get rid of that whole mechanism and just have the front facing camera on a small bezel at the bottom, or even to be honest at the top, and just have a little bit of bezel. But I guess that would take away the whole point of the phone, which is to try and minimise the top bezel, oh. really. But you know, whatever. It, 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 I, I think the thing is quite good as well. It comes with it uh, are actually pretty decent case as well. Unlike a lot of these ones where it's really flimsy, you know, you, the case does look like it protects it quite well, and, and the slide mechanism does work in it, which is good. Uh, I suppose the bottom is possibly exposed to the odd little knot, but the rest of the case, yeah, pretty solid thing. Um, I, it, it, I, I just think it's an astonishing amount of technology for the price. Now, I mean, that's not to say it's perfect. It does have a few things that I would like to change about it. Um, it it's... It's frustrating, and I think it's because it's one of the original ones that it's a, a single SIM only. And, and the thing that frustrates me is they obviously used exactly the same chassis as for the Mi Mix 3, which was 4G and dual SIM, and the SIM tray is still the same size, except it's got one of the SIM slots blanked out. So it would be nice to be, be dual SIM. Uh, I, I do actually seem to be getting to a point now where I'm running out of phones that have a 3.5mm jack, which, I don't know... I, yeah, you can do without them. There are solutions to, to all the problems that they produce, but I don't think any of the solutions um, are as satisfactory as having a 3.5mm socket, and I also don't think the gains of not having a 3.5mm socket are actually really that much worth having, really. So so that's a disappointment. But other than that, you know, the camera's not bad either, actually, no, surprisingly I've always found these Xiaomi cameras to be perfectly perfectly adequate and that's not yeah. damning with that's not damning with faint praise that means in decent light it takes a decent photo yeah I and agree. the image processing on on these jammies has always been good you know i yeah. think that the image processing i mean it's no pixel but it seems to make the most of what i assume is relatively humdrum uh camera hardware 
Uh, yeah. All Xiaomi's that I've ever had seem to be able to do that. They're perfectly okay, aren't they? And, of yeah. course, being a Snapdragon 855, I haven't actually tried it, but it, it should be perfectly possible to get a, a version of Google Camera that will work on it as well. So you probably can actually tweak it a little bit and get a little bit more out of it. Now, in my head, and I think I'm, I'm having to reevaluate this because it's the one thing that does annoy me about this Mi Mix 3 mm. is the haptics. And I've always had in my head that Xiaomi was okay at haptics. Not LG, Pixel, or iPhone, but that it was decent. And um, the last couple of Xiaomi's that I've had, the, uh, what did I have? The A3, uh, the Mi A3, and this one, the haptics have been bad. It's very twangy. What are you using haptics for? Well, when when it clicks to um, type on the keyboard, for instance, I have to go into Google Keyboard and take the... uh, haptic bounce down to the absolute bare minimum where mm. it actually registers some movement but uh otherwise it's just way too strong to, to be honest i just don't use haptics like that I, I i don't like typing on a keyboard that buzzes back at me i'm quite happy just having it with nothing how do you turn do you actually go into the settings and turn haptics off everything no i think to be honest it was probably never switched on i mean i I've certainly not done anything i'm aware of i, I must know I, I suppose it's a vibrate off and i guess it just just wipes the lot interestingly enough james that's opening the Mimix 3 5g i've got an update available ah so let's see what it says shall we uh, at the moment not a lot the interesting thing is um there's well, I suppose you're just about to get on to um, the problem that you, one of the problems that you're having with it. But the interesting thing is, I was just about to say that the uh, the software update might fix it, but of course it won't. Probably it won't, given that. <coughs> excuse me, given that the problem I think is at the network end. Um, so maybe we should get on to the problem. Um, I am lucky enough to live in a, an area where there's a, a good five G base station on uh, on EE. Uh, and so I thought, well, you know, here's a chance to get a really cheap 5G phone and play about with 5G. Well, I can play around with 5G because I've got two other phones with 5G. But it, I, 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 I guess I have too many phones. That what I tend to do is to swap them around all the time, so I've got something reasonably up to date. And, and that being the case, I tend to say, well, I'll, I'd rather have something with 5G on than not. Not because I think right at the moment there's a, a great deal to be gained from it, but at the same time, um, you know, if you can have it, why not? Well, that's very odd. Because, and then I'm checking for updates. It says no updates available. <laughs> it came up and said updates. Fine. Okay, we'll leave that one to one side. Um, but when I tried to get 5G on this uh, with my EE 5G SIM, uh, no sign of 5G. Um, and um, At which point that- I'm thinking, oh, Xiaomi's done something wrong here, but, you mm. know... And you know they've something something's probably fundamentally wrong with the five G, but who hey ho, it's well, it's fairly cheap and it's fairly nice. Well, one of the guys asked me whether I'd accidentally got a four G version. Well, I, I categorically no, I don't have a four G version because it says five G on the back of the casing, and also it's a single SIM model, and the four G version is a dual SIM model. Um, but when I went into network settings to choose the type of network, my options were were LTE prefer prefer LTE prefer three G or two G only bracket saves back. Uh, and I found that rather frustrating. I got onto Xiaomi, and, and they sort of said, "Well, um, you know, try try complete, try doing a hard reset." So I thought, with, that, with a he- with a heavy heart, I hard reset it, even though I didn't for a minute think it would make any difference. No, even sure those ne- even those network options, though, to me, that still sounded like that not the problem because uh, when you have a five, when you have a normal four G phone. Uh, and you go into the network options, it was always the case that you could say, 
oh, generally on a lot of Android phones, I know some Androids were a bit more customizable than this. Most of them only gave you the option to lock it to 3G. Yeah, yeah. Very few actually gave you the option to lock it to 4G. So I wasn't surprised that uh, your 5G phone didn't give you the option to lock it to 5G because that would seem to me to be consistent with uh, previous generations of phones. But again, I think I was wrong there. Well, yeah, in this case you were. You're not, not always wrong, but on this particular one, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I had a... Um, well, I had a bit of help from uh, from Dan Cunningham actually, who said I found this uh, commentary on uh, on the EE forum, uh, and uh, the commentary was to the effect of EE haven't type approved this phone, and therefore the only way to get it to work on EE is to flash it with global firmware. And I was thinking, well, this seems a bit odd because, as far as I'm aware, you know, it's come network and locked from Xiaomi, but of course it has a European firmware. And apparently, if you uh, if you unlock it and flash the global firmware, it will work. Well, no, I'm not going to do that on a phone I've paid this for. But there was an easy way to check it out, and that was uh, all three SIMs are 5G enabled. And of course, I don't have any three. 5G coverage, um, but I put a three SIM in there, and sure enough, you go into uh, network choices, and it says a choice of prefer 5G, prefer LTE, prefer 3G, 2G bracket saves battery. So, it- so all old three SIMs are 5G compatible are they all three sims are, are well I don't, I don't know all of them but but all of them that are capable of it are are 5g enabled yeah oh, that's very interesting yeah so if you've got a three sim and you can find some three 5g it'll work in a 5g phone i yeah so i think i can do the former i think looking at their coverage map doing <laughs> yes. the latter is a little bit <laughs> a little bit more, more difficult well, especially at this point you'd have to be driving like several hundred miles at which case the police might uh start yeah. to take an interest uh, i gotta say i don't really know what three have done here because they launched 5g so much later and and they obviously have this advertising campaign about how they've got the biggest spectrum which they do um so I sort of assumed, well, what they're actually planning to do here is they're going to launch it much later, but it'll be a much more complete network, um, especially since they launched their 5G uh, broadband modem in London um, a long time back now. But when you look at their coverage map, it's like, you know, we've got one base station in Birmingham and one in Manchester and, you know, what well, the next one's probably Leicester or Nottingham. They're, they are very, very few and far between. And and I did think there was a sporting chance that I might actually get 3-5G before I saw this coverage map because uh, my local uh, base station, which this time last year was regularly failing altogether, uh, was suddenly uprated to 5G pretty much on launch. It was supposed to be actually on the launch, but it ended up being about a month and a half later. Um, but as I've said to you before, I get amazing speeds on 4G now on EE. So I thought, well, they share mast. There must be a fair chance they'll have, they'll have put a 5G base station up there as well. But no, not, not so far they haven't. Or if they have, it hasn't been activated yet. That's the other possibility, I guess. So at some point, this will work on 5G. It will work on 5G on Vodafone as well. It sees a 5G network on Vodafone. And so you're, you're the, the option is showing up when you're putting these three yeah. SIMs and the yeah. Vodafone SIMs in there. It's giving the option of 5G. G, which Five then G. the culprit then turns to being EE. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, EE did this with a number of the phones that launched um, 5G. Uh, you either had the EE own version or an approved version, uh, or it didn't work. Uh, they did that with the uh, V50. If you imported a V50, you couldn't use EE's 5G. I don't know if that's still true. And clearly it's true with the, the Mi Mix 3 5G. It, it yeah, you know, they won't allow access onto the network, which I think 
somebody, somebody maybe from Xiaomi should be talking to them and saying, look, you know, this is a proper kosher, uh, European ROM. How about looking us on your network? I, I, I hope that this only applies to older phones because I've actually got a, a Mi 10 Pro on order, which won't be here for another month yet, which is a dual SIM 5G. Um, and, hopefully be quite a beast all round um but it'd be a bit sad if i can't then use it on 5g but still we'll see we'll see it's weird that the global rom would work does that mean that someone at ee has just sort of got round to approving a particular skew particular rom and it hasn't got round to doing all of them or didn't hasn't is this almost like a mistake it's an omission or yeah yeah i mean I, I, you know i'm only going on what was said on on ee's forum and that was by uh, a user not by anybody from ee mm. but that that's the impression that they gave was that if you go to the trouble of of um you know of um rooting it rooting it and flashing it yeah ain't nobody got time for that have they well seldom is the honest answer to that one um I mean, I did on the Mi Max 3, which I still use. Um, at least I say I did. I did it under the careful supervision of Mike Warner. Uh, as in, as in literally under the careful supervision of Mike Warner when we sat in a pub together. Um, but I did that because that way you, you can get more on the screen and whatever and make full use of it. But to be honest, I mean, there is a bit of me that would say, well, yeah, I'd really like to be able to use this on, on 5G, but it, it's never going to be my main phone it's a nice phone to play with it's one i'd be quite happy to sit somewhere where uh you know it i, I don't feel the need to be super careful with it um but it's never gonna be my main phone simply because my main phone is still my iphone um but in terms of how it performs and whatever yeah, it's, a, it's a cracking little device it's you know i'm really really pleased with it mm, no i am too it's uh it's really nice it's good to have a, a xiaomi back i'd uh I've been without one for, well, since the A3, actually, because I sold that yeah. one because I was a little bit disappointed with the uh, with a couple of aspects of it. But, um, yeah, it's a great phone. I think overall, for that money, you can't go wrong. And I had, to be honest, I had seen it at that level of, you know, bargain on some of these, uh, you know, Hong Kong uh, importing sites and thought, and, and been tempted and eventually persuaded myself against it. But when it's from an official UK source, it's like, it's a bit of a no-brainer, really, isn't it? Absolutely. Sorry, mouthful of cold, mouthful of rather cold coffee, actually. There. Um, yeah, it is a no-brainer. I agree. Let's move on to our favourite uh, subject: Google Photos. Yes. So we we have a long history of you wrestling your iPhone for uh, Google Photos. Actually, this is this is photos in general. So yeah, we have a long history of you wrestling uh, Google Photos and getting it to upload and stuff from your uh, iPhone. Interestingly, I have almost exactly the opposite problem. Yeah, that's interesting. Which is getting photos off my phone onto my PC or onto my Mac. Yeah. Because, as you know, I don't, which is a bit weird, I need to try and find a a workflow that supports this. I generally don't upload photos from my phone, you know, for safety up into the cloud first. What I tend to do, and I know that there's a bit of risk here, um, I tend to just batch drag them off the phone onto the PC. Then I want to curate the photos. I want to do tiny little edits. I want to make sure that they're all tagged. I want to make sure that the location data is correct. I want to make sure that every aspect of it is I'm, I'm happy with, and then mm-hmm. I'll upload it into Flickr and I'll upload it into Google Photos manually. So I'm faced with this problem of actually getting the photos off the phone. Now, you've got an iPhone, you plug it into your PC, plug it into your Mac, 
and essentially it presents a directory, you know, your DSIM directory. Mm-hmm. You go in there, you grab all your photos, you drag it onto a folder on your uh, PC. That's should be trouble free, yeah? Yeah, yeah, you would have thought so. So I do that, and admittedly I've got a few in there. I've got sort of 15 gigs worth of cruft in my DSIM directory. So, yeah, it's a lot, but it's not crazy. It's not 200 gigs. Um, so I drag it off, and it whirs away, copying these things over. And then after about 20 minutes, it conks out. Uh, and it conks out with a variety of useful uh, error messages or lack of error messages. So on the PC, it will say something like, this device has disappeared. On the Mac, obviously, it just dies and doesn't give a reason and doesn't explain itself. It just sort of stops. Um And I'm thinking, well, this is odd because it's failing on both and it won't resume. So I plug it back in. It won't see the iPhone. I have to do a full reset of the iPhone to get it registered again. And um, that seemed to come down to the fact that I'd switched on sort of compatibility mode Hmm. in terms of getting the stuff off. So whilst it's taking photos these days in the new formats and taking videos in the new formats, so uh, HEIF and HEIC and... um, you know, H265 for the video rather than H264. So every time you drag something off the phone, it actually converts it on the fly. Yeah. And it was that, it, I assume it was that process that kept breaking because I turned off the, uh, you know, compatibility mode uh, and it starts dragging these things off as native files. So it drags them off as HEIF, HEIC and... Um, uh, h265 video and all the rest of it and actually then it drags off absolutely fine and i'm thinking well yeah i'm asking a lot of the phone to do this conversion on the fly but it's a fairly common option built into the phone so you'd think it would work and it fails on both windows Uh, and on mac so it's crazy is it just because of the amount of photos you try to do at any one time i think possibly but i this is my point i'm not I'm not filling up the capacity of the phone. I'm only using a, a, I've got a 256 one, so I'm only using a tiny fraction of it. I wouldn't even be using much of the capacity of a 64 gig one. So anyway, I've got these uh, uh, photos off now and I'm thinking, okay, what I do all my editing still uh, using Picasa. I've never found a, uh, an image editing tool that is so convenient as Picasa. Yeah. still work. Well, obviously it does, wouldn't it? There's a few tweaks you have to do to it to get it to life, and a few things have stopped being supported on it. Um, all the cloud integrations dried up, so you can't upload directly into uh, Google Photos anymore. But everything else, you can get to work. And so um, I use Picasa to do all my image manipulation, and it only obviously works with JPEGs rather than the new uh, image format. So I've got to convert it. And so that kind of, you know, eats away in my brain a little bit because uh, there's no lossless conversion that I know of. And every conversion that I do, it seems to offer me the option of what percentage quality I want to retain in the JPEG. And therefore I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to lose, uh, you know, an imperceptible degree of quality here, but I think that's unavoidable. So I try and use the built-in macOS image preview exporter. So you open up a image in the image preview app on your mac which is obviously a very common app yeah. and you go you select all of the photos in there and you go to export them as jpegs and uh that was crashing on my uh uh macos uh pc 
last night. So I'm really struggling with this batch of photos coming off this phone. So I think what I need to do is probably use a converter in Windows, which seems a slight uh, contradiction because uh, this is all very sort of Apple centric, these uh, these files. I think I probably need to do a batch converter in Windows um, and go from there. But it is a bit of a it's a bit of a, a pain a, to have to go bonds, to jump through these hoops here. I, you know, obviously, I wouldn't have had these uh, problems if uh, I'd just let the photos upload straight into Google Photo. Because whilst you seem to struggle, your iPhone seems to struggle with that, I never had a problem with it. Well, I, I never had a problem until I got the uh, 11 Pro. Um, and fundamentally, I think the problem was that I'd, I'd somehow managed to get into some sort of a loop where. Google Photos was trying to upload everything on Apple Photos and vice versa. Um, and so the, the temporary fix for that was to restrict the use of um, uh, Apple Photos to last 30 days photo stream. Okay, um, so that's the setting that I have on, which is yeah. which might be um, why mine works, yeah. Well, my, my wife's got the same problem with her new iPhone 11, um, and, but it's less than 30 days since I switched that setting off, so I'm hoping that when we get to 30 days, the cache will be cleared and, and it will go back to normal, because at the moment she's had exactly the same problem, photos on the phone that don't sync with uh, Google Photos. But, I mean, I'm just wondering whether you're not making this hard on yourself by not being willing to upload into the cloud until such time as you've you know curated them um how about if you did something slightly different and had all of your pictures upload to onedrive and then you could manipulate everything on your computer by dragging them back from onedrive well just by yeah downloading the ones you want from onedrive and and working on them there. yeah then, then you just think... clear clear onedrive afterwards once you've done what you I wanted th- i think the thing now is now that there's a conversion that happens it's not nothing's per nothing no no longer is perfect so compromises have to be made now yeah. which i think you're right i think i can probably investigate some of the compromises that are involved in um you know pushing it through a cloud service i mean i'm assuming you've got some sort of access to um onedrive or something like that yeah i've got um onedrive well i've got onedrive i've not got a huge amount of space on there. I've only got like the default, I think uh, five gig or, or whatever, the, or maybe might be 10 gig. There was some complication around the uh, amount of size and there was probably uh, enough if I was dragging them down and deleting them relatively often. I mean, it depends on how often you do it. And the, the other thing is, is I mean, you presume you don't have an Office 365 subscription list. I don't, that. but it's, it is on my list of things to sort yeah. out, actually. I am quite tempted with that, especially as the, the family pack now for six users is sort of 50 quid, isn't it? Or it's certainly there's deals around 50 quid. I think I can get that discounted rate fairly easily as well. So that that is tempting. There's a good trick there, and that is that you put it in your wish list on Amazon, and then it goes on sale usually two or three times a year, and then you just buy it when it's on sale. Ah, uh, and, okay. And, so that's, and, a, that's a good use of the wish list as well, isn't it? I didn't realise it, it did that. Yeah. No, there's another thing that, that a lot of people don't realise. I mean, um, I, I basically don't buy one every time it comes up on sale because I don't need it. But when you buy a, a new year, you can add it, you just add it to your previous subscription, and it just extends it by a year. So, okay, so it so, stacks it up. Yeah, exactly. So I think mine, I don't know when mine runs out, sometime in, sometime in 2021, but there was one point when I'd got something like 19 months of subscription prepaid on there, uh, because I'd got two deals in the sort of mid forties. Well, at that price, a terabyte of storage is, is 
pretty darn cheap, isn't it, really, quite apart from what else you're getting with it. And as you say, the, the family can use it, so uh, you can get proper good use out of that. Yeah, no, I think um, that, that is definitely an avenue to explore, definitely. Uh, but I, I think that's what I'd do in your shoes, because I think one of your problems is that you're, you, you have an attachment to a program that's out of date, which is f- fine, there's no problem with that, but you're going to have problems with these new formats and converting and whatever. Well, to me, you're t- kind of... You know, if, if I say to you which has the better processor, your iPhone or your, or your Mac or your PC, chances are it's the Mac or the PC, not the phone. I think that used to be the case. It may um, not be now, I grant you. But yeah. It certainly is, a, certainly is a possibility, isn't it? I think I've always been a sceptic about this whole, um, oh, the iPhones and the iPads are now quicker than your PCs and your laptop. I've always thought, well, I'm sure that's only for a very small subset of computing tasks where it's got custom silicon to do exactly what it needs to do but these days i think that it has the custom silicon to do the things that i'm doing 99 percent of the time so yeah i actually think that iphone probably is a bit faster than my uh, mac and my pc at, at these things especially the um transcoding and manipulation of uh of uh image and video data i think that's what a lot of the iphones are Silicon is kind of uh, very, very good at. So uh, I anyway, I'm not not allowing for you running Mac OS seven as well, am I? So I've got uh, my, well, my Mac Mini is looking a little bit uh, tired, but uh, it's uh, doing the job. It's recording this podcast. Yeah, great device, Mac Mini. Yeah. So I, I, do, I, I think that's your solution. I think you've got to grit your teeth and use a cloud surface. Yeah, I do actually have a problem. Once I have got the files ready to upload, you know, I've edited them all. Everything's looking good, and they're ready to upload into uh, Google Photos. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this is passed now. I think it was a temporary glitch, but uh, I had problems where it was rejecting um, videos and uh, just changing the container that the video was in. Um, from I mean, I, I I got the video in a an MKV format. Mm-hmm. Um, just changing that format into um, MP4, just remuxing it into MP4, and uploaded fine, which was very confusing. And I had some photos that got rejected when I was uploading from on the web client. And I thought, okay, well, what I'll do is I'll copy these photos back onto a phone, set the phone to do a cloud upload, and do it that way. Right. And um, so I did a batch of photos, and there was still three photos that the phone couldn't upload. And I thought, oh, I was scratching my head. And then I took those three photos back to the web uploader and that managed to upload them fine. So, oh, I've had that before and there's not always an obvious reason why no, it won't upload no. it. I mean, luckily, I've not failed in completely to upload a photo or a video, but certainly I've had problems where I've had to uh, muck about either change where they're getting uploaded from or you know edit them or uh, re repackage them such that they do get up- uploaded so it's it's not without problems this whole photo manipulation thing if, if you're not happy to just let everything go up into uh, iCloud photos or Google photos automatically and you want some semblance of control over it, it it's the processes behind that I think are disintegrating slowly because they're not in you know the companies aren't interested in continuing those uh those mechanisms i, I mean i'm gonna say I, i've i've still got a Flickr subscription um but i i was just looking at my, my Flickr feed and, and, and there's loads of stuff missing in there and, and they don't seem to have invested in it in the way i hoped when they were taken over no, last year all they and, seem to, all they seem to have done is keep it going 
which yeah. is which and they is want to good. increase the price, don't they? Yeah. You know, I, I think to be honest, it's I'm, I won't renew it because I, I mean, literally, I was just looking at it while we were talking, and for some reason, best known to itself, I've got no pictures uploaded in there now for about three weeks. I don't know why. Nothing I've done, but yeah, what's the date? Actually, is it, is it even that, that recent? What date is that one? No, it's worse than that. February the 19th is the last picture on there. Well, I'll, I'll probably take several hundred pictures in the intervening period. Well, similarly with Google Photos, I only use um, Flickr via manual upload, so um, it has actually got everything that I expect it to have up there, but um, it's, it's a, obviously a bit crusty now. It's kind of, it feels. The, the site feels kind of 10 years out of date, doesn't it? If not yeah, a the, little bit the, more. The apps aren't very good. Uh, it, it just, yeah, it, I think to be honest, well, I've, I've well, had one it. One of the fundamentally frustrating things about the apps is that they don't seem to give you enough detail when they're rendered on something like an iPad Pro, which has got a massive screen. You can zoom in a lot better on Google Photos on an image than you can on Flickr. So it's almost like Flickr are delivering a fairly low quality image back down to the Flickr app. Whereas yes. on Google Photos, it's either allowing you to zoom into the original or it's at least serving up a version of the photo that is close to the original, at least in size. So I'd, I'd that, agree. that's a limitation that does annoy me on uh, Flickr. But, you know, you, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, do you? So I currently do the uh, two baskets that I use are Google Photos and Flickr. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I use uh, Google Photos and Amazon Photos, which which is very, very similar. And actually, I was really impressed with it, but I do have a little bit of a problem. The reason I went for that was, um, uh, in fact, it was our, it was our, our good friend Andy Hagen, but, uh, he, and, and it's not Andy's fault at all, but he said, well, the thing that's really good about that is you can share your photos with members of your family. So I thought, excellent, you know, I've got lots of pictures I take on a holiday, so is my wife. This would be a way of having them on effectively one account, but separate so you can tell whose pictures are whose but you can say i want to look at all the pictures of when we went to berlin for argument's sake um but it was a bit bizarre i spent about oh i don't know um a week or 10 days downloading all of my pictures from Flickr in zip files expanding them on on my mac mini uploading them to amazon photos and when i got all of mine on there um i then proceeded to say to send her an invitation to um add her pictures and, yeah. and, and she logged in and, and it said, uh, this feature is not available, uh, internationally. You can only do this with someone in the same country. Oh, right. Which was a bit interesting because she was sat about, probably about two meters away at the time. <laughs> um, and, um, then I investigated some more and discovered that the Amazon Photos account that I'd got was, although I'd gone to it through Amazon UK, it had, um, been set up with Amazon.com as an address. So I think I think I think my Amazon Photos account thinks I'm in the US and and I'm in the US and my wife is in the UK. And presumably so, you can't flip it back. No, so I emailed them and said, you know, can you help me sort this all out? And we had several emails backwards and forwards. They were very very helpful. After which uh, complete silence in about <laughs> November. And to be honest, work has just been so busy that I haven't haven't got back onto it. If things quieten down now, then I might well do. But you just think, well, hold on a minute. This is not actually doing me very many favours here. Yeah, and the um, difference there is you are kind kind of paying for that in you know arguably with the uh, Prime subscription. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, well, I would like to sort it out. It was actually, I, I thought it was quite nice software and it looks quite nice. Uh, and you know, Google Photos is, is, has come on a long way with regards to that uh, album sharing and collaboration. Yeah, it has. It has. Yeah. yeah it's I'm, the one aspect that was. Um, I mean, to be honest, they've, they've made steady progress with Google Photos over the years. It, when it first came out, it was fairly basic, wasn't it? And yeah. now it's, uh, you know, getting some good features. Are still not enough to drop Picasso, in my opinion. I don't think we're there yet at all. But um, no, yeah, um, it's got some nice, got some nice features now. For, you know, manipulating photos and managing photos is uh, quite complex. It's a bit of a full time job, really. But, it can, uh, yeah, it easily can be, yeah. Um, I in mean, fact, it's an, that's an interesting point because I'm actually only just starting to catch up. Um, so I don't know what's quite happened, but I sort of uh, only managed to sort of uh, catch up with last year's photos during this lockdown period, really. So it was getting to the point where I was slipping further and further behind because I was insisting on manually curating them. Um, I still am, uh, and I should be able to catch up now, but uh, it does mean that you have to spend a lot of time um, invested in it. But I think that time is well spent, to be honest, because I often do go back and look at previous photos, because when they're nicely curated, doing that is easy. You know, I can search for them easily. You know, I've I've got things tagged or I rely on Google's excellent AI search. So, you know... I do enjoy looking back at old photos and old videos, so I'm glad I put the effort in, but it does take some effort. To be honest, I mean, that's that's one thing we all do, isn't it? We take too many photos and don't actually look at a lot of them. I, I've spent quite a lot of time uh, in the last month looking at old places, old holidays I've been on, because um, I was supposed to be going to Vienna if I'd come back this week. Um, somewhere I've never been and was really looking forward to going, but you, know, you just obviously in these, these times you've got to sort of kind of put these things on ice. So I thought, well, I know, I'm going to look at some of the holidays I've been on and enjoy some of the things about them again. And it's surprising, actually, how much you can uh, glean from, from pictures you've taken in the, in the past. I mean, the other thing I've been doing is playing with a, a proper camera, no less. Um, I had a, uh, a Micro Four Thirds camera that... Um, uh, I'd used it a bit and not used it too much, and, and the reason I hadn't used it so much was was actually a similar problem to the one you've got, and that is the practicalities of getting the pictures off it uh, and onto Google Photos, onto my phone to edit them and whatever. Uh, and Do you actually take your photos off a proper camera onto your phone to edit before it goes up? That's, no. That's interesting. No, not, not to edit so much, but more uh, as a... I mean, it doesn't actually matter at home, of course, but more... Uh, th- this goes back, I suppose, to uh, the second time I went to America, which was in 2013, and I went with the uh, Nokia 1020. Uh, and uh, a couple of things happened on that trip that kind of changed how I view photos. Uh, w- one was um, I very nearly dropped the Nokia 1020 into a harbour in um, Maryland, <laughs> Which, yeah, um, that's your kind of sliding doors moment, isn't it? Your whole life seems to have changed after that point. Yeah, it's one of them. Yeah, uh, and and um, you might remember the ten twenty came with a wrist strap, and as luck would have it, I did have the wrist strap around my wrist, and so I caught the phone. But but I thought to myself at that point, yeah, I could have. You know, I've been on holiday for ten days in America. Uh, to me, that's a big holiday. I mean, I've been to America three times, but you know. It's certainly not an every a regular occurrence. No. And I thought I've got ten days worth of holidays snaps on on that camera, 
uh, and they could all have just ended up in the bottom of a harbour 3,000 miles from home. Um, and also on that holiday, um, we went into lots of places, but we, we were in a particular Starbucks, actually uh, uh, not so far from where this happened, and they'd started free Wi-Fi for customers. And I sat there drinking my coffee, and I think I think my wife rang, rang her mum. Uh, and uh, I was playing around, and I, I realised, hang on a minute, I can upload these pictures to OneDrive. Yeah. And so from then on, I mean, we, we went in Starbucks every day, <laughs> and I uploaded about 150 pictures every time. But I found that was so sort of comforting because, you know, I, I could have broken the phone, had it stolen, lost it, all of these things, and the holiday photos would still have been safe. Yeah. And so that was, yeah, you're right. That was kind of a sort of a, a, a Damascus moment for me. And, and it also kind of killed me using an ordinary phone because there you are with your memory card with however many photos on it and whatever you lose the camera or with an ordinary all those camera, things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and so, you know, not only was I getting quite decent pictures off the phone, but also I was sitting there thinking, oh, I could be losing these pictures on the camera. It, it probably quite a silly way, to be honest, but I think once this sort of worm gets in your head, it stays there, doesn't it? Yeah, so so you're uploading them onto the uh, phone so that they get uploaded into the cloud and therefore you've got a bit of peace of mind even for the photos that you've snapped on your camera, yeah? Yeah, and and actually you can get quite inventive. I mean, if you, if you go back to that 1020, what I used to do with that and with the... Uh, the Lumia 950 I had after that, they uploaded to OneDrive and I had a computer at home that uh, copied pictures from OneDrive into Google Photos. So by the time I got back to the hotel room, I could look at them on Google Photos on my iPad, which which gave me ridiculously amounts of satisfaction that I could sit there while a computer at home did all the work and move them, move them to Google yeah, Photos. Yeah, that is but, nice. That's nice, but, yeah. But the thing was, when it, uh, to go back to the camera... That was always my reservation. And I, and I was thinking when we were on uh, beginning of lockdown over Easter, uh, I was sitting in the garden and watching the birds on the bird feeder, thinking, upstairs I've got a camera with a really quite decent telephoto lens. I should take some pictures of the birds and whatever with the camera. And one thing led to another. And I thought, yeah, I'm actually quite happy with some of these pictures. I've enjoyed taking pictures of the camera so much in eight, ten years, you know. Um and so I started looking at how I could get the pictures off the camera in a, a sensible workflow. Uh, and cutting a long story short, I um, bought myself um, a, a Wi-Fi card, a ah, Wi-Fi SD card. Yes. Now, this is quite interesting because, yes, in some ways it's a little weeny bit clunky. But uh, you take your photographs, uh, the Wi-Fi card generates a, a, a Wi-Fi network. It does that all the time, so it must have a hit on the camera battery life, I suppose. Um, you log your phone into the Wi-Fi hotspot generated by the camera, or, or by, the, by the memory card, more accurately, uh, and then you can download all of the pictures straight off the camera, straight onto your phone. Uh, and... It actually works, yeah, it's not seamless, of course, because you've got to log into that Wi-Fi network. But I'm pretty sure if you were so minded, you could actually have it so the phone was logged onto that Wi-Fi network all the time. And actually, your pictures were being uploaded into the cloud, not automatically, because you have to select them and tell it to. Although I think there are actually more fancy versions of this Wi-Fi card. This was a, a, a cheap one. Um but actually, what I've discovered is you can get the pictures onto the cloud very quickly. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so that's that's a turning the problem onto a totally different way around, isn't it? It's a different a different photos thing. But, but the result of that has been that I've actually used the the real camera probably more in the last three weeks, taking pictures in the garden of 
Um, you know, well, certainly the birds feeding on the bird feeders. I've got quite a lot of flowers out at the moment. This morning we had a fox in the garden, so I got some pictures with the, the zoom lens of the fox. Oh, great! Uh, and uh, you know, there's a, I, I got a picture onto Instagram of the fox within about five minutes of taking it. So I've quite enjoyed experimenting with that. Actually, I, I think maybe when I do finally manage to have a, have a holiday, because we get past this terrible situation at the moment, I, I might well take the real camera and and see how I get on. Uh, which for me is a big departure. It might might save me trying to buy the ultimate camera phone as well, or at least so many ultimate camera phones. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, or it might not, but, you know, you've got a dream, haven't you? Yeah, and make a small percentage uh, decrease in the amount of camera phones that you buy per month. What frightens me really is that it might mean that I end up buying more cameras um, because this is a micro four-thirds, which is quite a nice format, but I'm sure... Uh, the next thought will be, well, maybe I should go for a, a full format one, you know, a 35 millimeter equivalent. And, and then you start getting into serious money. You know, you can, you can take your S20 ultras and, and sort of regard them as, as cheap change. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, it's been a bit of tech I've enjoyed playing with. Um, we won't talk too much about my blink cameras. They just weren't a very great success and seem to have got lost on their way back to Amazon at the moment. But that's a story for another day, I think. I think the preview for the next discussion will be um, where you're moving on from there and what your next port of call is, because I think that will be quite interesting. But uh, one for another yeah. day. Yeah, I think it might, might well pan out quite interesting. So, yeah, with something to talk about next time. Okay. Well, on that note, Richard, I'll bid you adieu and have a fantastic uh, week yeah you too i think it's gonna be a busy week work-wise surprisingly it's it's very very odd this situation isn't it i i i thought by now everything would be going quiet but actually no it's not i seem to spend all of my time listening to music on hold either banks or the revenue uh, but yeah yeah it's not, at least at least i can do some things to help people so that's uh that's all yeah good. I, i'm i'm fully busy as well and i suppose we should be thankful that we're the lucky ones where that is the case yes absolutely uh you know i mean there are some people in very tricky situations at the moment mm. and, and no fault of their own whatsoever so if that's you then uh, lots of sympathy from me certainly absolutely and that's echoed from me as well mm. so okay i'll uh, see you later cheers richard good good to chat thank you james take care now bye bye bye